Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Hi, glad to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to get to. It's hour number three. For some of you, it's hour number one. Either way, glad to have you here. We're going to have a story of getting rid of the Pledge of Allegiance because you can't say the G word. Love that. We'll have that for you. Oh, yeah. Can't say the G word. Not in a public square. Cost of the First Amendment. We'll talk about that. And also letting boys, well, biological males, they're boys, into an all-girls school because wokeness or something. Joe Pag Show coming your way on your Thursday. Feeling all right. Carrie, how you feeling, Chocolate Voice? I'm okay. I was going to complain, wow. but I won't. <laughs> Yeah, see, you're very careful, aren't you? Seems I got Smart. To have a change. Paul's getting it done. Sam in the house. Wish I could put my hair up on a bun like that. Why'd you take all my hair when you were born? What is up with that? What's that, Carrie? Oh, never mind. What'd you say? You can't wait to stay till the top of the hour and read news? <laughs> I did not I couldn't say hear that. you. I did not say that. All right. I almost said Mel, Mark, and Don. You almost had me say it. Mark, Don, and Mel, Grand Funk Railroad. Let's go. Thursday, almost Friday. Weekend's almost here. It's how we do. Shout out to Mel. What's that? Shout out to Mel. <laughs> why, why is only Mel getting a shout out? No, because he's first. What's, what's, what's Mel's last name? Um, Jones. Mel yeah, Jones? it's Mel Jones. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Mel know. Shucker. Mel Shucker. Uh, okay, I wouldn't have got that ever. No, you, you wouldn't have, but you're a big supporter of Mel for some reason. <laughs> you're his biggest fan on the Mel planet. I, I'm going to tell the boys yes, that you just love Mel. My news <laughs> anchor and, and uh, pain in my ass on the show loves her some Mel. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send out a note. All right, uh, glad to have you here. For those that don't know, it is uh, Grand Funk Railroad, named after the Grand Trunk Railroad in uh, in Flint, Michigan. It is um, uh, Mark Farner, Don Brewer, Mel Shocker. That's the power trio from the from the early seventies, is when they were the biggest, you know, uh, of their careers. And for some reason, Chocolate Voice can't stop saying Mel, Mark, and Don. It just sounds it rolls off the tongue, and that's the way you're supposed to say it. It sounds right. It sounds better. Well, I talked to a doctor Don. about this because I was a little concerned. I'm like, why, why does she think Mel, Mark, and Don feels good? <laughs> and he said, well, did, did she grow up in an area where there was a lot of corn? Yes. And I was thinking, well, what does that well, have to do with, do with it? it? He said, if you eat too much corn when you're a kid, it causes this sort of cognitive issue. But so, I didn't eat a whole lot of corn. God bless I, you, though. I bless your heart. Bless it, your heart. <laughs> so when you first, let me ask you this. When you first moved to Texas and somebody said, bless your heart, did you think it was a nice thing? Uh, probably. <laughs> now I know it, it isn't so much. When I first got to uh, to San Antonio, um, you, you know, you get the typical Yankee carpetbagger, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You're going to last a year. I've been here 17 years now. You're going to last a year. You suck. You're no good. And, uh, and but then I'd get this. I'd get, you know, all this crap. Then they'd say, respectfully, Bob, or <laughs> bless your heart, you know, bless Sarah. And I'm like, what? Bless your why? heart. Well, at least they're yeah. still nice at the end of it. it well, it turns out, bless your heart is like the worst cut down you can give somebody. I know. Itself. Yeah, it's not It's not nice if you ever get that really. Ooh, honey, bless your heart. Yeah. Which means like every foul thing you not, can think in your head. And, and it's so passive aggressive, it's almost delicious. It's like you have to know that it's <laughs> passive aggressive or else you're dumb yeah. enough to think that it really means something nice. 
So uh, it's funny because I'm watching some of the political wrangling and a lot of these you know, representatives and those running for office in Texas are writing like on Twitter, bless your heart. And I'm like people who are getting this like in the in the Midwest or Northeast are probably like, oh, at least they're nice about it at the end. You know, speaking of the Midwest, and I don't know why I, I thought of this, but when I moved from Texas to Nebraska, you know what everybody would ask me because they found that I was from Texas. One, if we had an oil well in our backyard. And that would be no. And they would ask me what my middle name was. And I'd tell them and they would say, well, it's not Joe, like Carrie Joe, Bobby Joe, <laughs> Billy Joe. I was like, no, <laughs> our middle names aren't always Joe. Yeah. When I moved from New York to Florida, uh, and I do say Florida, right? In New York, they say Florida. But Florida. when I moved to, to Florida and I, I grew up down there, I was seven years old and, and I was in like the lunchroom in the cafeteria at school and I wanted to sit down and I would say, hey, can you scoot over? <laughs> and the kids were like, you, you, what? you. You, you, you mean you mean scoot down? Scoot yeah, it was down. it was so different. I mean, back <laughs> I then, yeah. I, I would be like, move over. <laughs> uh, um, uh, it, but then it was still so like the York. deep south. Now South Florida is more almost like a midwestern nothing. I mean, I lost my accent because I grew up in an area that had the alternative mm. accent. Oh wow! So I yeah, I sort of lost. I could do New York, and I could almost do some Southern. But um, uh, mostly people in the industry think I've got a Midwestern nothing. You also have a Midwestern nothing accent. And you don't really have an accent. I don't th- I don't think so. The only time I kind of slip into it is I've got some family, very um, East Texas, have a very strong accent. If I spend a lot of time with them, it'll rub off a little bit. But other than that, no. I don't think Sam, so. Sam, when, anyway. when does dad's accent show back up? Um, I would say when you're super, super mad or what? When, <laughs> when you get a little loud, you know, ding, 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 ding. Loud yes. and what, mad? What? What? No, no. When I get loud, even loud uh, in a, in a fun way, it still comes out. And when I get angry, you just get, you know, and, and the F word and the, mm. but it never, almost never happens. I mean, honestly, I don't get mad that often. Except like working with you, but but what? what, what oh, I, normally... I heard that. I heard well, that. Well, Sam, I mean, on average, I'm not really a guy who gets mad a ton. I'm just, you know, I'm pretty mild. Well, I mean, I would say that it comes out not very often, but when it does come out, you know, it's there. It's there. Mm. Better not talk. Leave Dad alone for a minute. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, accents are very cool to me. Uh, when I, when we moved to Michigan, I didn't understand the whole pop thing. I'm like, I'm sorry. I was just going to say no. that when I moved yeah. to Omaha, everything's pop. You want a pop? Like, what? What's a yep. pop? I want a Dr Pepper. I want a Coke. Now, no, it, it's a pop. Now, in the no, in the pop. day, it used to be everything was Coke in Texas. It's yeah. not now. People still think that. Yeah. But it's not now. I mean, I'm, mostly people honestly drink a lot of Dr Pepper and Diet Dr Pepper here. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it used to be you'd ask for a Coke, then they'd ask you a kind. Right. Then you'd say, well, I'll take a, you know, a, a Diet Coke or I'll take a, a Sprite or whatever. Uh, in, in Michigan, it was pop. And on the signs on like a convenience store, it would say pop. Yep. I'd be like, my dad's in there? What, what do you mean, pop? I, what, what, is, what does that mean? I don't know why. That drove me crazy. And I don't know why, but and I never called it pop. I couldn't do it. Well, think about I it. I mean, I call it soda. It. You probably call it soda. Yeah. But, I mean, the actual term is soda pop. They just decided to keep the pop end. I know. And I just, I did not like that. I don't know yeah. why. It just bothers me. Those accents are interesting. I'm telling you. I it's pop? good stuff. Uh, yeah. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Don't want to hear about your accent story. People are like, oh, let me call him with the accent <laughs> story. No, we're not going to do that. I do want to get it. Now, now p- pick and choose here. Do we want to get into the pledge or do we want Let's well, do the pledge one, you like, I think. Oh, okay. Because you like the other one. But well, we might as well do the pledge one. 
Okay, that's good because I think uh, I accidentally got rid of the other one. Okay. Of course you um, did. From the New York Post, a North Dakota school board has nixed reciting the Pledge of Allegiance before each meeting, deciding it did not align with the district's values. The Fargo School Board voted 7-2 to Tuesday to drop the pledge from the start of its biweekly meetings because members didn't feel it was inclusive, apparently taking issue with the phrase, under God, according to North Dakota newspaper and forum. Board member Seth Golden said that because the word God in the text of the Pledge of Allegiance is capitalized, the text is clearly referring to the Judeo-Christian God, and therefore it does not include any other faith, such as Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, all of which are practiced by our staff and students. Holden also said it excluded those in Fargo schools who don't believe in God, and God is not capitalized here. He claimed he is not against the pledge itself, that it can't be said in a school committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion, Inform reported. Member Robin Nelson, who voted to keep the pledge, didn't see anything wrong with reciting it. Okay, let's break it down. First of all, first and foremost, if you're listening in Fargo, and I don't think we have a station in Fargo, so you've got to be listening either on the video stream, JoePags.com, click on Watch Now, or you can uh, you might be listening to the podcast. Carrie, you, you'll be stunned by how many people listen to our podcast. Really? I like it, right? Tons of people cool. listen to the podcast. We're doing very well there. So whether you're listening to the podcast or whatever, people in Fargo do know of our show. you got to vote that ass out. You've got to vote these people out who don't understand. First of all, you capitalize God. Second of all, the First Amendment doesn't preclude people from saying the word God. God is all-encompassing. Even if it does refer to the Judeo-Christian God, um, those who are in, in who are Islamic believe in Allah. They think that's God. Um, I say Jesus, you know, the triune God is the God for me. I'm a Christian. Jews say God is God. Um, but even having said that, even if none of that's, that doesn't even apply, our founding documents, our founding value system is based on a Judeo-Christian value system, period. That's what it is. And to say one nation under God excludes very few people because there aren't that many people who don't believe in God, a God, a higher power, a supreme being. Even with that said, instead of getting rid of it, just tell those who don't care to say it to not say under God. Why is it that we've got to exclude it from our society because a small, minute number of people don't believe or don't want to say it? You have every single rhyme and reason and right to just not say it. One nation, quiet, quiet, indivisible, with liberty. You don't have to say it. The idea that you need me to not say it to make you feel more included is an idea that makes me say, bless your heart, kiss my ass. But I love you like a brother. I mean... For me, I'm so sick and tired of people claiming inclusion as they exclude massive numbers of people in this country. It just makes my face hurt. Don't say it. If you don't believe it, don't say it. I believe it, so I'll be saying it. It, 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 This isn't very complicated. Every person on that school board that voted for diversity, equity, and inclusion can kiss my ass. DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, is just the modern-day socialism. We're going to make everybody get in lockstep. We're going to delete anything that refers to a god or a higher power because the god and higher power, they believe, is the government, is the school board itself. You must vote them out, just like San Francisco did, voted out the three most radical school board members. Every school board member that voted to get rid of the Pledge of Allegiance that was only said once a month, for God's sakes, needs to be voted out.
888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, or go to JoePags.com, scroll down to the bottom, click on contact, send me an email. Keep it here. Don't be an A-Dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show. Hey, glad to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. It's the Joe Pag Show for your Thursday. Campus Reform at the bottom of the hour. Young reporter from Campus Reform, Emily Sturge. She's been on before. Great stories from across the land on college and uh, university campuses. Uh, and again, the only reason we know about these stories is because Campus Reform does such a good job of exposing what's going on on these campuses. I mean, otherwise, we just wouldn't know. And it's going to blow your mind. It's going gonna, it's gonna to blow your mind, some of the stories that happen there. Hopefully, you catch this every Thursday. We try to bring them on once a week, if time permits, and we've got some time today, so we'll make sure that we have that for you. Let me tell you about Eden Pure in the meantime. Great uh, air purifiers. It's a system that relies on proven oxy technology, quickly destroying viruses, odors, mold, and more. People are all over the nation They're just raving about these uh, these great air purifiers. doesn't take up any, any landscape, any... Geography, any room, any floor space, whatever. It doesn't go on the floor at all. You just plug it into the wall. You plug it into the wall, it's out of the pl- out of the way, and it smells great like a thunderstorm just came through. Fresh and clean is what your house is going to smell like. We've got four of these in the house, and I always know where they are because it smells like a thunderstorm just came through. Right now, you can save a bunch of money. 200 bucks on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for whole home uh, protection. You're going to get three units for under $200. It's a fraction of the cost compared to other air purifiers that can go for over $600. Put one in your basement, your bedroom, your family room, your kitchen, or anywhere you need to clean and, and have some fresh air because, again, this is going to take care of all of that for you. Go right now get this special offer, EdenPureDeals.com, discount code PAGS3, P-A-G-S-3, to save $200. EdenPureDeals.com, discount code PAGS3. Shipping is free. All right, your thoughts about the idea of tolerance in this day and age. Your idea of inclusivity in this t- in this day and age, because those who claim to be tolerant are intolerant. Those who claim to be inclusive are exclusive. Think about it. You're complaining about saying under God when you are not forced in this country to say it. You say the Pledge of Allegiance. You don't say under God if you don't want to. Don't say any part of the pledge if you don't want to. I do think that you should have to stand. If you're a student in school, although the Supreme Court disagrees with me uh, in the case of Jehovah's Witnesses that were allowed to sit during the, the Pledge of Allegiance. Either way, you just don't have to say it. But to make the ridiculous allegation that because some people don't believe in the Judeo-Christian God, which is not really the Judeo-Christian God, the God that Jews believe in is not the same God I believe in because I believe in the triune God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jews don't. They just believe in the Father. And that's fine. I'm not here to say they're good or bad people. In fact, I, I love Israel and I think Jews are great. But we believe differently. They don't think Jesus was the same as God. Okay, cool. We'll have that argument You know, when it comes to Judgment Day. Uh, Muslims believe that Allah is God. If you research Islam, you'll see that uh, the moon god was the one that was left over. But if you talk to a, to a Muslim today, they believe that Allah translates to the literal meaning of God. Great. So they also believe in God. 
Hindu, they also believe in God, a God. There's a higher power for the people across the globe. And then there are some that don't believe, called atheists. And I doubt this is about Hindu or Muslim or Jew or Christian. I think this is probably about those who don't believe. And keep in mind, those who don't believe are the most arrogant, narcissistic people on the planet. Now, if you're an atheist, don't get mad at me. But if you don't think there's anything above you, it's pretty narcissistic. It's pretty arrogant. It's pretty conceited. So we're not going to change our society because you don't believe. And by the way, I'm completely hip and cool to you not believing. Yes, Carrie, I'm hip and cool. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you are right, in kiss-up mode right I now. The people can't. don't like it. I can't. You're not hip. You're not cool. I'm both hip and cool. I'm hip. You're neither. I'm cool. I am both together. I'm cool. No, no. That's even worse. That's I'm hip Pretty lame. No, you're, I can't. Sorry. No. No, no, no. Uh, anyway, so um, at the end of the day, there is nobody that I know who's a Christian or a Jew or a Muslim or, or a Hindu or a Buddhist who wants you to start believing in something. If you don't believe, we're cool with that. But the idea you can't say God in the public square because it somehow is exclusive, you're literally excluding the majority of people and it makes me crazy. That's why we talk about stuff like this. Uh, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247. Go to JoePags.com, click on um, contact at the bottom, send me an email. Moses, what's going on in San Antonio? Hi. Hey, how's it going? Um, just wanted to comment. Uh, what I've noticed, uh, a lot of these proponents of, of getting rid of the Pledge of Allegiance or getting rid of uh, Thanksgiving or whatever, have no problem uh, making fun and mocking Christianity like in these protests with abortion, they'll have, like, uh, Mary and Jesus being aborted. They they really have no no problem offending being inclusive at, at that point. Yes. And that's just my thoughts. Well, I'm with you. Uh, you're right. Um, the most maligned person in America today is a white Christian heterosexual male. That's the truth. You can make fun of white men. You can make fun of Christians. You can make fun of their belief system. You can do anything you want. When it comes to anybody other than that, now you're talking about people who are intersectional. Women are intersectional with Muslims are intersectional with with uh, atheists are intersectional with those who are pro-choice, intersectional with, I mean, you can fit a, a gay people who are intersectional with trans. Um, everybody else is oppressed and repressed. But white Christian men in America, are heterosexual men, are the most maligned and most attacked and most excluded. Why do you think they've got DEI? Because it's anti-white Christian heterosexual male. Uh, male. Why do you think they have anti-racist, which says white Christian heterosexual men that founded the country were all racist? This is the day and age in which we live. And it's not okay. It's not. I will call it out every single time. I'm not one that plays the game of alternative realities to definitions of words. I'm not somebody who can make the word raid mean search. I'm not somebody that can make the word woman mean anybody who says they are. I'm not that guy. I'm going to always tell you the truth. And the fact is, if you use the word inclusive, you better be. If you use the word, uh, you use the word tolerant, you better be. Because if you're not, I'm calling that ass out. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Another young reporter does a great job bringing us the stories from, um, from college campuses, university campuses across this land. You're going to like what she has to say. Go to the website. You can watch right now at JoePags.com. Click on Watch Now or scroll down to the bottom and click on Contact or just keep it right here on the radio. Back after this.
This is the Joe Pags Show. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really appreciate having another young correspondent on from campusreform.org. In fact, it's a return visit for Emily Sturge, who did great last time. Emily, how are you? Good to see you again. I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Well, you are doing great, and I'm happy that you're happy. So you're a student at the University of Florida in Gainesville, so you're a Gator, but you grew up not far from where I'm from, which is South Florida, and you're also a hurricane. Yeah, I grew up in Miami, so of course, till the day I die, I will be a University of Miami <laughs> hurricane. <laughs> so what's interesting is, and those who don't know the Florida dynamic, um, the Gators and the Seminoles hate each other. The Seminoles hate the, the, the Hurricanes as well. I don't remember a huge rivalry between University of Florida and uh, University of Miami. It, it, has that, I mean, but I'm, I'm like 30 years older than you, if not more. So maybe things have changed. Is there a rivalry there or not? There's definitely tension, but I would say our main, our main rivalry would be the Seminoles. Yeah, I accidentally was on a church tour when I was like 15 or 16, and we were staying near Gainesville, but I, like an idiot, said, you know, I love those uh, those those Seminoles, and I almost <laughs> got shot. I thought that like the, the people were very church-going, thank God, uh, but they were like, boy, mm-mm. Mistake. Now, now, now uh, Gainesville is still like the heart of the South, isn't it? They have accents there and everything. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I grew up in extremely South Florida, down in Miami, so it was a it was a big change for me. So, why University of Florida? What are you studying? I'm studying broadcast journalism. I, I came here for the journalism school, and also I'm one of the top schools in Florida. How could I say no? Yeah, no, absolutely. But it is University of, therefore, it is a liberal, generally speaking, campus. I would guess I'm not far from the University of Texas at Austin, so um, it's very liberal there. How is the city of Gainesville? Because I find it still to be sort of in a red area, but people flock to the University of, and and it tends to be more blue, right? Right. I mean, when I tell people I'm from Florida as a whole, people automatically assume that it's this beacon of light, this sunshine and rainbows and freedom and DeSantis. <laughs> but honestly, it's not like that. I, I live in a blue part of the town. I'm on a blue college campus. And what people think Florida is, it's not always like that. I definitely get pushed back for being for being a conservative, definitely get pushed back for the way I vote. But you know what? I'm still going to be me at the end of the day. Good. And that's what we want you to be. It's Emily Sturge from uh, campusreform.org. If you want to follow her, she's on Instagram at real Emily Sturge and it's S-T-U-R-G-E. Uh, I guess there was a fake one out there playing around and you, you said, I've got to get the real one, which is good. Um, <laughs> you said you're going to classes now. Uh, in the summertime, and people are still protesting the Roe v. Wade decision, really? Absolutely. I've seen girls out on the street with their with their posters. They're, they go and buy their Sharpies and their posters down at the CVS down the street, and they literally still go out there and protest, even though that occurred, the overturning of Roe v. Wade occurred early in the, earlier in the summer. These girls are still fired up about it. But they, I mean, Emily, they don't really have any clue about what this decided, do they? Because this isn't a, an elimination of abortion. This is the states have the rights now uh, to to decide it, which it should have been from the beginning. It's not in the Constitution. Therefore, the Supreme Court in 73 had no right to do anything. Even in Casey in 1992, they had no right to do anything. So this goes back to the states. And in the states where they wanted abortion to still be free and go get it all you want um, and available like New York, like uh, like California, they're going to continue having abortion. Do they understand that or do, do they well, think that this completely banned it? 
No, you'd think they'd actually be happy that states have the power, the people have the power versus the federal government. But for some reason, they're still out there. They're still fired up. They don't fully grasp what it actually means. And they don't at all grasp what the Constitution is saying and what the Supreme Court is saying. Why they would want central government to be able to rule our lives completely is beyond me because, all right, uh, you get what you want with abortion, but then they're going to say you can't eat sugar or or something stupid, and and then they would probably argue that point. They don't understand the overbearing um, ability that we gave the government in 1973. I hope that they'll wake up. I really do. Um, What's going to happen in Florida, do you think, with DeSantis? Is he going to eliminate abortion completely or not? I I don't believe that he will, but I do believe that there will be at least a 15-week ban, that there's going to be more restrictions than what we've seen in past years. Uh, I I don't think that there's going to be a complete elimination. I think the left pushing that idea on people that there will be a complete elimination, that's just a fear tactic to get people voting blue in the polls in November. I still go off it, but I haven't lived in Florida in a long time. Um, It's interesting watching the attacks on Ron DeSantis. And what I really like about the guy, I mean, first of all, his policies are very good. He's low regulation, low taxes, pro-freedom. He's a good governor. He's a very good governor, if not great. But I also like that when he's attacked, he just punches him right back in the face. And I don't think the media is used to that. I don't think the left is used to that. Um, Does it ever get tiresome to watch the attacks on him every day? And are you like me? Don't you love how he responds? I love his response. And honestly, his responses remind me of Donald Trump. And we've seen Donald Trump's success. And we've seen how he completely just handled the media, like, amazingly. So I think DeSantis is following in those footsteps. What about the raid at Mar-a-Lago? I mean, being in Florida, are you you seeing different coverage or not? But again, Gainesville, for those who don't know, is far away from Palm Beach. But, But at the end of the day, this is an attack on a former president in Florida, his private residence, the FBI. I mean, today, Merrick Garland's announcement made no sense um what's what's happening on campus are the lefties on campus celebrating he's a criminal he's got to go to jail he stole documents what are they saying of course they're celebrating of course anything negative about trump they're going to celebrate but honestly my biggest fear with this is if this is how they're going to treat a former president i cannot imagine how the fbi would treat a common american citizen i think if anything no matter what political party you are no matter how you vote i think this should scare you no, without a doubt, it should scare us because uh, you're right. I mean, he's got the resources. People like you and I might not, and we'd be in big trouble if they pulled this on us. It's Emily Sturge. She's a correspondent from CampusReform.org based in Florida. Uh, let's get into the stories. Uh, New York College Republicans expand mission to back conservative groups on campus. This is happening in New York, really? Fill me in. Right. So the New York Federation of College Republicans, they're shifting their focus from grassroots efforts, from local activism, and now they're saying that they're going to continue supporting conservative groups and college campuses. They're going to focus their resources instead on students instead of campaigning. So this commitment comes after an onslaught of leftist attacks over the past two years, which is a national trend of conservatives being targeted on college campuses that here at Campus Reform, we've covered that. We've talked to New York University's president of college Republicans about some of the threats that she's received and some of the harassment that she's faced on campus, including messages from other students telling her that she needs to leave the university, that she's hated. But unfortunately, this is this is the sad truth that many conservatives face on college campuses. So I'm very happy to see the Federation standing up. Allegedly, the free speech movement on campus started at Berkeley. Now at Berkeley, they don't want anybody who doesn't agree with them. How do you think that switch happened? Are you finding that on your campus as well? You've got liberals. They've got their thoughts. That's fine. Uh, you and I are conservative. We have our thoughts, our ideology, that our beliefs. That's fine. But it's not. They want us to shut up and disappear. They would cancel us if they could. How did we get here, do you think? Because it used to be, okay, we want free speech for everybody. We can argue about stuff, but at least we all get to speak. 
Well, you're right. And a lot of conservative students, we feel powerless on college campuses. We feel like we've been shunned. We've been silenced for our beliefs. And those who continue to proudly showcase their conservative ideals, we face consequences. And we see bad grades from leftist professors. We see threats from other students. And conservatives on college campuses, we, we don't really have anywhere to turn when we when we see those things. And that's why it's so important that the Federation is standing up and vowing to expand its support system for conservatives on college campuses. That's good stuff. It's uh, Emily Sturge. Uh, you, we have to have support for conservatives because our speech is being squelched. I mean, mine isn't, yours isn't because we're, we're, we've got a backbone. But other people will cower down and back down and listen to what the professor says and not make, uh, not make a stink. I would rather the, uh, us get equal um, footing on campus. That's for sure. Students to take Disney and pop culture politics course this fall. What the hell is this? Right. So this fall, the University of South Florida is offering a course in Disney and pop culture politics. The course is going to be examining Disney media, focusing on things like racial and gender ideology. So while students at this university are learning about Mickey Mouse's politics and learning about how Disney is somehow racist, (laughs) I'm nervous to see where the future is headed. I mean, What skills will these students bring to the job market or to society when what they're learning in the classroom is that Mickey Mouse is somehow racist? Classes like this, they're not preparing students for successful careers in the real world, but they sure are driving up the price tag of a degree. And if the students, well, when the students get into the real world and they're asked to do simple tasks and they say, yeah, but I've got a degree in like Disney and pop culture, that's not going to get them anywhere. You're so right. They're setting them up for failure. Then when they fail, they can complain about the college loan they owe. They can, they can complain that somehow the college was racist or ethnocentric and didn't teach me right. I mean, this is just dumb. Teach what is going to help us to produce when we get out of college and maybe, just maybe, be productive members of society. It's Emily Sturge from uh, CampusReform.org. You can check her out at Real Emily Sturge on, uh, on Instagram. Uh, I don't think I follow you there. I'll go check it out. Do you follow me there, Emily? I think so. <laughs> you think so? Because if you don't, I'm not following. No, I'm kidding. I'll follow <laughs> you either way. Um, professor says it's critical to discuss abortion rights with school-aged children. Why? Right. So a professor of psychology at the University of Chicago, she argued in a recent publication that it's critical for parents to discuss abortion with their young school age children. She actually explained that she began talking to her own daughter about abortion at the age of eight. And honestly, parents have completely forgotten about concepts not being age appropriate, I think, because at this age, children should be coloring. They should be playing outside. They should be focusing on addition and subtraction not being taught matters of abortion and the ending of a human life. I mean, a lot of children at this age don't even fully understand how a baby is created. They really don't need to be taught that murder is okay. I was just going to go there. At eight, I had no clue where babies came from. I thought a stork (laughs) dropped us. Um, I think I was 26 when I finally found out. But um, at the end of the day, an eight-year-old cannot grasp the concept of how conception happens, what people have to do to make that happen, and why you would get rid of the conceived, you know, um, uh, embryo. I, I'm, I don't get why we're here. Is there ever an explanation by these people who I would call a groomer, somebody who's uh, talking about sexualized situations with little kids? Do they ever say, "Here's why it's important for an eight-year-old to know"? No, and honestly, it's disheartening to me because teaching children about abortion is going to completely desensitize the topic of ending a human life. If you're teaching a five-year-old that murder is okay, this is going to be impossible to uh, to reverse, and this is going to be seen as the new normal. 
it seems like children in this age are just constantly being hit with this woke ideology everywhere they look in classrooms by their teachers on television shows and now even by their own parents i mean this universe or this professor she's a parent she's teaching this to her own child so it's extremely disappointing that children can no longer just be children. Yeah. Society is pushing the LGBTQ plus narrative first. That's what we saw first. And now we're seeing the abortion narrative being pushed on children, too. I wonder if you've got an opinion on this. When a parent does that, are you like me? Do you think that they're just trying to belong? Like there are more transgender kids in the, the very rich areas of L.A. County than just about anywhere else in the country. It's almost as if they want to fit into their social scene. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And radical positions on these issues, what we used to think as radical, they've now become mainstream and now are being taught to children as what's normal. And it's not normal. And right. we don't need to be embracing it as normal. Teaching your eight-year-old about abortion, that's not normal. No, it's completely abnormal. And also, you know, telling us that your three-year-old came out as trans doesn't make any sense. And you don't look better in society. You don't fit in better to a group. It's almost like, uh, I don't know if, you know if you've ever heard of this, but Munchausen, uh, Munchausen's by proxy. It, it was a, a way of, and I guess it still exists, a parent would purposely keep his or her kid sick to get the pity and the attention and the, and the uh, I guess, empathy from people in society. Oh, look at my sick kid. And it turns out the, the, the parent was poisoning the child to keep him or her in that position. It seems to be the same thing. I'm pushing that my child can be any gender he or she wants to be, and then when they decide to change a gender or if I push them to that, hey, look at me. I've got an ab, you know, an abnormal situation. Give us attention. LGBTQ people start supporting that parent and that family, and it gives them more attention again. I think it's kind of a sickness. Had you ever heard of that Munchausen's by proxy? I think that's what it's called. Yes, and I absolutely agree. And I think the devastating effect of this is I think we're going to see a rise in mental illness in these children. There are going to be long-term effects just because their parents are seeking to fit in. Yes. And by the way, um, uh, gender dysphoria is a mental illness. We keep on forgetting that. We keep on pushing the trans agenda on our kids. One last uh, item with Emily Sturge from CampusReform.org. Go to that website every day and look her up as well. You see all the stories that she does there, too. Um, Anti-racism, anti-oppression, work eth uh, equity and social justice commitment is required for Latinx or Latinx, whatever the hell the word is. Uh, cluster hire. First of all, is anybody your age using Latinx or Latinx? I know so many Latinx. Latinos that hate the term. Well, actually, 3% of the Latino community actually embraces that term. 3%? So I, I don't know anybody that actually <laughs> uses that term. So, so, so what is this? What is this cluster hire? And they've got to be extremely woke, it turns out. Right. So the University of California, San Diego, they recently posted a job listing for an assistant professor as part of an initiative to increase faculty diversity. Now, what's crazy about this is they're requiring applicants to state their contributions to diversity and social justice. So, Joe, I want to be clear. If you don't subscribe to the woke mentality, you can't get this job. If wow. You don't say, if you don't say you're an anti-racist and a social justice warrior, they're going to throw your application out. And it doesn't matter your merits. It doesn't matter your education. But if you support Black Lives Matter, you're hired. Is this taxpayer funded? Always. <laughs> I mean, it, all these big state schools, they're always taxpayer funded. So, I mean, I don't understand. First of all, anti-racism is racist. BLM was an organization for a few people to buy mansions. We, we know these things. They, they don't really care about black lives or else they'd be in Chicago every day and try to solve some problems. Um, at the end of the day, how is it that they get away with using taxpayer money to force ideology on hires. With taxpayer money, you're supposed to be EEOC, equal opportunity for everybody. 
Well, people wonder why so many students leave these big universities becoming raging liberals. And honestly, it's because of hiring practices like this. These leftist institutions, that's exactly what they are. We have leftist professors teaching leftist concepts. And that's why these students are graduating raging liberals. <laughs> and yeah. it's all taxpayer funded. And that that's what's extremely disheartening. It is uh, Emily Sturge. And you're set, your journalism uh, is your major, right? Yes. So you're going to be on TV someday. I hope so. That's the dream. Well, I mean, you're kind of on now. Um, so uh, I think you'll do very well. Very good stories. Great background of what's happening in Florida. And let's do this again, Emily. I appreciate you stopping by. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Campusreform.org. Go there and check out everything she does. At Real Emily Sturge over on Instagram. And we're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a lot going on, lots to get to, lots to talk about. There's a report on TMZ that Polo found, but it's also on other outlets now. But they're all pointing back to the Washington Post. The Washington Post is alleging that some insider, some source, some official who's close to the investigation, they're not naming anybody, alleges that something having to do with nuclear um, weaponry or something was what they were looking for at Mar-a-Lago. There's no mention of whether somebody found anything. Again, the Washington Post is not a source for anything when it comes to Trump. You have to understand that. The Washington Post and the New York Times are all out to get the guy. That's just a fact. But they're alleging that it had something to do with nuclear weaponry or something. Um, Again, this is from a Washington Post report that say those close to the investigation or officials in the know um, say this is what it's about. Now, ask yourself this question. If Trump knew that, and his lawyers would have had to see the uh, the warrant, then he would not have made the announcement that he made on Truth Social the other night. He would have stayed quiet about it. Also, the allegation that he hired, that he appointed the judge that signed on the warrant, untrue. It's a magistrate who is hired by the federal judge in that, in that court. He is not appointed by a president. So that's untrue as well. So there's going to be a lot of misinformation, disinformation on this case. We will stay on it. Trust me on that. Do some pop culture. Pop! Dirty pop! Hi, Paula, what's happening? All right, so uh, remember earlier in the week I was telling you about that accident with Anne Hage? Yeah, what's up with that? Okay, so the I guess the police thought that she was under the influence of alcohol when she crashed her car, but apparently that wasn't the case. She was actually under the influence of cocaine and oh, man. possibly fentanyl. Um, so she's still in critical condition, and uh, she she got burned because she when she hit that house, that house caught on fire. Um, but she has not improved, so we'll see what happens there. We wish her well. That sucks to hear about that. All right, Polo, thank you. Appreciate you, Sam. Appreciate you, Carrie. I'm Joe Pags. We're back tomorrow for the Big Friday Show. Make sure you, you join us at the normal time. This is the Joe Pags Show.